have you heard about Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me fill you in on a few things. Like first and foremost, it's free. And there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Then Anchor is going to distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on multiple platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more. Even better, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And it's so easy, even somebody like me can do it. Now download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And I know you hear me. Howdy folks, this is Willard Wingnut, and I'm sure we've all heard the same expression, a woman works from sun till sun, but a voiceover works from noon till one. And I thought, hey, I want to be one of them. So I decided to get some lessons in voice acting. And of course, what I did was looked up the best voiceover coach I could possibly find, which was Elise Bowman. So basically, this is what I sounded like six months ago. But today... I sound like this. I begin every sentence with, in a world, in a world where there were a million mediocre voiceover coaches, where they were like lukewarm roller dogs at 7-Eleven. There was one that stood out head and shoulders above the rest, the one and only Elise Bowman. And she can coach you too. Go to EliseCoaches.com. That's E-L-I-S-E Coaches.com. And you can become a voiceover, too. Now back to my regular voice. That's right. She's like magic, so check her out. And if you have half as much fun as she does, well, she'll have twice as much fun as you. Welcome back, everybody. Happy holidays again, and a happy early new year to everyone. I appreciate you guys tuning in again for another awesome episode of the I Know You Hear Me podcast with me, Flynn Hendricks. And guys, I don't know where the time has gone, but this is the last episode of this year. 2021 is gone in just a few hours, and that blows my mind. I've lost all track of time, but I guess when you're doing a lot of things that you enjoy and you're having some fun, that's a good thing, right? Well, our trend is going to continue today, but before we get into the momentum of how this show is going and we get to our awesome guests that I have lined up, I got to take a minute and not only thank you guys again for continuing to tune in and listen and support, but I've got to thank our sponsors who always keep this show up and going and allow me to bring you awesome episodes and awesome guests like I've got here today. So if you haven't already and this is your first episode, make sure you go and like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from, and if you're on iTunes, make sure you're leaving us a five-star review and telling us what you like about the show. And without further ado, we're going to kick our last episode of the year off with a bang. Today's guest is a mutual friend of former guest of the show, Mercedes Lewis. She actually introduced me to him, and he is a castmate of hers on some upcoming projects as well. He is a fellow voice actor, and he is making a lot of strides in the community. It is my pleasure to have on the show tonight, Sky Gager. Sky, how are you doing, man? I am well. Thank you so much for having me on here. It's, uh, it's a pleasure and honor, and honestly, I'm really excited to 
chit chat with you. Uh, Mercedes was saying uh, a lot of great things about you. And, uh, Same here, man. And that and that goes both ways. And again, I got to give my eternal thanks to her for introducing us. And she's also going to be a reason that we have another upcoming guest on in the next coming weeks. So she's making bounds and making leaps and strides everywhere she goes and making these connections. So Mercedes, thank you again. But uh, man, just getting to know you a little bit uh, from our talks, you know, before the camera started rolling, before the mic started rolling, conversations through uh, email and social media, man, you have got a lot going on. So I just kind of want to, I want to get into your story a little bit. I want to find out how you manage the time and don't go insane with all these opportunities and, you know, everything on your plate and just how you keep yourself going through all this. So let's take it back to the beginning a little bit and tell me about you growing up and what drew you to acting and voice acting specifically. Okay. We're going all the way to the beginning (laughs) then. So we're talking back when I was in high school. And okay. this was, I would say by my math, that was about a billion years ago, I want to Feels say. like it, feels like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, just about a billion. I was a really quiet kid, kind of like in my shell, mm-hmm. really didn't do a lot, really didn't interact with a lot of people very much. And my dad is a, a friend with the director at the high school in the small town. The small town was Astoria, Oregon. Okay. If you don't know about Astoria, Oregon, if you ever get the chance to come up there, Real, it's it's all of the weirdest parts of Portland, like times ten. And it's a very, yeah, big old like personality of a place. A lot of fun people there. Nice, I'm sold yeah. already. Oh yeah, yeah, a lot of great time. That's uh, actually that's where the Goonie House is, where the Goonies House is is located. Learning um, new things already. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> so she was talking to me, and she was like, "So you're in choir?" And I was like, "Yeah, I do a little little bit of singing here and there." I was having fun. She was because uh, you know your dad he does a lot of some acting stuff, and I, I'd like for you. I'm doing a school play, and I'd like you to try out for it. I'm like, "Okay, I can I suppose I could do that." Yeah, no problem. Yeah. And I'm a huge nerd, and uh, I'm used to seeing other people doing the voice acting thing and the acting things. Like, I could maybe do that, sure. Mm-hmm. And fantastic director, by the way. Like, it is like all the students that she, she teaches there are end up getting a passion for acting, myself included. So I ended up trying out for this thing, and it was a stage production called Working. And I, I it's again billion years ago, so I don't quite remember. All of the details here, but by the end of it, I was like, eh, you know, if I get in, if I don't, it's fine. You know, I had fun. I made some friends at the audition. I'll go back. And so uh, she, she puts up the cast announcement. I'm like, okay, I guess I'll go look. And I look up and I got a part. I was like, oh, that's fun. And then I look down and looking, okay, I wonder who else got cast. Who am I going to be in there with? And I look down and I see I got another part. I'm like, oh, okay. So she got me a couple, couple minor roles. That's, that's fun. All right. Okay. And then I got another part. And I realized I was in mortal danger uh, <laughs> <laughs> because I, I got the lead as well as two supporting parts. And wow. Yeah. And one of those parts had an accent. I was like, I don't know what I did to you. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's, we should talk about this. Just clear the air. <laughs> but yeah. And that, after that, it was just learning the ebb and flow of how theater works. And I fell in love after that. It was in another uh, school production. I was in Dead Man Walking after that. Nice. In some, oh yeah, bit of a tonal change. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) 
And then after that, uh, stage production after stage production. Eventually, like ten years passed, and I was uh, was doing stuff for a long time. Nice. So in a in a situation like that, where you book, you know, a lead role and two minor roles in your first attempt at doing anything like that, did you encounter any kind of like? cold shouldering or tension from other from other kids that may have already been in the theater realm that didn't get one, something like that that's a good question one or two one or two uh but it was actually mostly really supportive i made i made a buddy through there his name's uh adrian and he was a big in the little theater scene but it was mostly a lot of people being super supportive they were going congratulations and i'm so sorry about your first gig being and it was a high school thing, but I mean, I'm a shy kid in this, you know, in this junk. Right, right. I don't, I don't talk to people, and now I have to talk to people with words that was given, that were written by professionals who talk to people for a living. So, but no, it was really supportive. Um, I made a lot of great friends there. Nice. You know, they said, "Oh, for a first time, you're doing really well." I'm like, "Thank you, <laughs> no big deal." <laughs> and now, with your dad having that connection too, when he saw this start to occur, and like. The seed got planted, the tree started blossoming and everything. Was he supportive with you following through in that endeavor? Or was he kind of just like, you're off on your own now and do what you got to do? I think he was happy that I was finally leaving my room more than anything. I get that. I I get that. Finally doing anything. (laughs) I remember he was watching me in the thing and he was like, I had no idea you could do that. And I was like, that makes two of us. I don't know. I'm just doing things. That's the uh, the best right there. Yeah, but my dad, uh, he was talking to me later, way down the road. He's like, so is this something you might want to maybe pursue? And I was like, I don't know. It seems like a, a hobby kind of thing. And he's like, yeah, you know, because he was he was doing acting. And he's also an audio engineer, and uh-huh. he also does a lot of web stuff. And he was being supportive about it. So he's a really great guy, really intelligent guy. So yeah, really, really supportive guy the whole way along. Nice. I, I love hearing stuff like that. I feel like that makes a bigger impact than a lot of people realize Oh, yeah. Whether they're in this in this genre, or, you know, following that kind of passion or not, because a lot of the stories you hear, the parents kind of put the hazards on or put the wall up to try and you know like shelter their child because they don't want them to you know have the failure experience or anything like that. But even with the best intentions, hearing you know hearing your dad kind of have that shock and awe and then being supportive of it after the fact, man, that's that's awesome to hear. It was awesome to experience. We weren't really close, and he's sort of like a guy who goes off and does his own thing. Yeah. But uh, having similar hobbies with the guy, it's actually ironic because out of everybody, he was telling me that I should maybe like try to pursue this. And I got my you know, other members of the family like, maybe you should give it a shot. I'm like, no, I need to find a nine to five somewhere. This hobby is not going to work out or anything. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> I, I understand that part of it, too. You got to you gotta yep. work to support the acting habit at this point. But Absolutely. It's when, more of an addiction, I think, clinically yeah. speaking. Oh, yeah. I, I'm right there with you, and I will not argue. That, that performance <laughs> and that adrenaline rush you get is a drug that you can't really – it's a drug. You can't explain that feeling. Absolutely. Absolutely. As as you started getting more of those performances uh, from Dead Man Walking into the other performances you did, what was your intention to continue doing more stage acting and live performance? Did you look at other genres of entertainment like improv or did you kind of already have a goal in mind of voice acting? The crazy thing is, is that I really didn't have any intention. I kept dipping out. It, it was. It's always been something I loved. Nice. But it's always something that I've also dipped in and out of. Like I'd have stints of years where I'd be local productions, community theater, and some some minor. I I call it, you know I I call it professional theater, but really they just they paid me a couple bucks. Right. Where I did a thing. 
I made a lot of great friends. I have, I have a lot of friends and directors, but then I would go back into doing just my life stuff and get away from it for a couple of years. Then I'd find a way, reason to get back into it for yeah. more years, go back out. It always just seemed to find me and I wouldn't say no to it. And I'd enjoy myself every time. But then I was like, oh, it's time to go back to the you know, status quo here. Go back to the back to the real world. Things. Yeah, really. And but that just every time I'd get, it's that line of like I thought I was up, but then they pulled me back in. One of those things. Yeah, know it all too well. Yeah. So I don't know. It was. It's always been a side thing, but as time has gone on, it has been less of a side thing. And now, where I'm at, it's sitting side by side where I'm making a living right now. I'm just. Nice. You know, I just work in a restaurant somewhere, and you know, it gets me by. But yeah, as things are progressing, I'm like, uh, before long, I don't know. <laughs> See, you're you're kind of in that area where I want to be right now, where I'm still dependent on that nine to five job. I'm still, you know, I, I'm trying to get more bookings. I'm trying to get it, you know, somewhat even. So I've got to sit under that learning tree with you a little bit. Going back to something you said uh, is something that I can really relate to as well. You know, being the introverted kid, being the shy kid, the quiet kid. And there, I'm not going to say there's any right or wrong answer to this, but it seems like it's usually the introverted types that shine through more when they're acting like what do you think it is that makes that like a a safe place or something about that that makes us come out of our shell because i've been thinking about that for a while and i can't seem to find a good answer on that i have a belief that it's the introverted types who you know it's not like they don't necessarily have social skills so to speak right they just prefer their own company or they prefer selective company or yes. m- most of the time. And this might be hitting a nail with you on the head here. They prefer their own little closeted creative enterprises on their own, whether it's playing video games, but also getting immersed into those things, mm-hmm. whether it's writing, whether it's watching things, consuming media, or or even playing Dungeons and Dragons with a few yeah. friends of yours or something. You're always pursuing something creative and that in its own way takes you into a different world. That's what happened with me. I've always been stuck in my own head. I've always had my head in the clouds and I've always been talking to myself and I've always been that kid who's been a little weird. And I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir here because everyone's going like, oh yeah, yeah, you think you were weird. Let me tell you about me. And it's true though. But I think that theater is a natural direction for them to take because now instead of being an audience member of those sort of things where it's video games, movies, even, even Dungeons and Dragons to an extent. Now you are in the thing. Now you are participating in the world. Now you are a piece of that world, whether it's something like a musical or it's something like uh, working, you know, which is also a musical, but it's also more lighthearted than something like dead man walking. You are a piece of that. And once the introverted type, in my opinion here, I'm no, yeah, I'm no professional, but once the introverted person gets a taste of that, they go, oh, this is what it's been like. Okay, I, I'm into this. And then you start meeting friends, and then you start finding out, oh, I'm not weird. There are actually plenty of people like me. In fact, they're a lot weirder than me, and that's awesome. <laughs> so much of that, man, so much of that, it's like you think it, but it doesn't register, but so much of that just hit home. Like I kind of got a little bit of a goosebump feeling and <laughs> I've got a smile on my face because so much of that is very, very relatable. And I think it just, it hits home so much. And I, I've tried to figure it out, you know, like whether it's from my 11 years and now coming up in the next couple months, a few more toes in the water back into the professional wrestling world and everything. It's like, Going from the quiet kid, 
or the quiet guy that doesn't talk about much to being in front of crowds and revealing spandex and knee-high leather boots. Like, how does that how does that switch get flipped? And it's like, I didn't know you could talk. I didn't know you could say some of these things. It's, it's this big thing. And I think it's like you said, it's just you want to be around those other types that are creative like you or that, you know, you find out are weirder than you. And it's like there's some kind of synergy there that just feeds those creative juices. And it, I think that's a big portion of what brings us out of our shells, too, is that you actually have other people to feed off on where you're you're able to grow and be more creative and fill those creative needs. I 110% agree with that. And I, I imagine there are a lot of crossovers uh, in wrestling as well. Yep. To say it's a physical sport is an understatement. And going back to it, those introverted types, they probably grew up watching professional wrestling yeah. on, on TV and going like, that's so cool. Yeah. It's their own world that they get into. And then they get into that and they're like, oh, I love doing it. But there's so many people around. What if they think I'm weird? And then the, the other people in the wrestling community, I'm sure, are like, oh, that's funny. You think you're weird. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I mean, and it's, it's so funny how that's translated now because the wrestling kind of led me into improv and all these other things and it's like my improv group I love them to death I've had a few of them as guests on here now and it's like I had some some weird taste and stuff or I thought man it's gonna be weird having my my studio with all my collectibles and stuff on there but then I see their rooms I see their stuff and it's like I found my people I found my people I don't care if I'm weird they don't care if I'm weird or vice versa it's like we're a family this is what it's supposed to be and it it's so satisfying it really is. It's that whole found family sort of yes. thing, which I'm sure is also the draw for people who, you know, maybe did not have the more, more uh, most supportive childhoods or, you know, grew up in broken homes. Right, felt right. Like along with their family. It's that magnetizing right into where you feel like you can stretch your legs and spread your wings and actually Absolutely. who you are. It's what draws a lot of people, the LGBTQ plus community, feeling mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm safe to be who I am here. Yeah people support me and they encourage me i can be as weird as i want and i'm still the second weirdest person in the room this is awesome right right and i mean not in those exact words but even talking with previous guests on here with one of our first guests on the show davin that just had her transitional her facial feminization surgery like a lot of that stuff again not in those words but that's some of the same stuff that she said too so i mean it's like it's 100 percent applicable and it's so true and just Hearing it in those words kind of brings it home. So thank you for being able to verbalize some things that I've been kind of tossing and turning in my mind as well. Hey, no problem. Can't wait to disappoint for the rest of the interview now. <laughs> it's, it's all down here. Yeah, it's all, it's all downhill. Turn the speakers <laughs> off now. Actually, don't do that. Again, going back to it now, just to kind of get it back on track. I know with Mercedes, she had the Final Fantasy that kind of pulled her into the game. Like, she loved that game. It made her want to be a voice actor. Was there something, whether it was a video game or a cartoon, an anime, just something that drew you to voice acting? Or was it like commercials? What was it that pulled you into this world? This is the most boring answer you're ever going to (laughs) hear. I, uh, I got home from uh, work one day, and I had, a, I had an okay day. It was uh-huh. definitely a day. And dressed down, got out of my uniform. Uh, got comfy. music. Oh, yeah, you know, just kind of like uh, settling in. And I was like, oh, all right. Uh, I was working in the kitchen, so I was like, I'm going to go shower. And I got in the shower, and shower thought struck. And I was like, I should do voice acting. And that's it. And here we are. <laughs> and after that, I pursued. 
Minnesota coach, Leslie Bailey. Uh, she's a, a local. She's a New York native, came over to Portland, Oregon. She's amazing. She's awesome. Did some sessions with her, and then COVID kind of hit. Everything sort of went away for a while. After that, I found Twitter, and from there, I found Mercedes, and I don't know if she brought him up, but Greg Arnold. That's actually guy. the upcoming guest right there that she connected me with as well, so. Great guy. Awesome guy. Absolutely. Uh, full of talent, and he will be the last person to tell you that, but he is absolutely chock full of talent. The best way to describe it is, like, I decided to start doing it, and then it started working. COVID was happening, and, mm -hmm. or, or, and uh, I had all this coaching under my belt, and, I was like, well, I'm not going to be able to go outside. I'm sure there are no theater productions here. So yep. I just started buying equipment. I started doing research. The more I researched, the more I was like, this is possible. You know, I just try it. Try yeah. it. Now I'm in one, two, three games. I've got some Ooh. animations on it. It's just nice. It's, it's crazy. It blows my mind, too, that so much of our stuff kind of started about the same time because it was in the middle of COVID that I got serious about everything i got my equipment i started the coaching again thanks to a recommendation from mercedes so i don't know how many times i'm going to thank her tonight but thank you mercedes <laughs> but you know it's like right before covid hit i got a live performance under my belt through local theater and i was trying to find coaching and everything got cast on a project uh with mercedes that unfortunately didn't get off the ground and oh, no, it's I'm just sorry. kind it i've come to find out that sometimes things like that happen but I can't be too sad because, like I said, I got to meet her and become friends with her, and here we are now. But, I mean, it's like, it, it's crazy how so many people that I've spoken with, you know, like, we have these different stories, but the parallels and the time frames are all so similar on everything. It's crazy how, like, the world shut down during COVID, but then there's still these opportunities that we were able to find, especially, you know, like, for me being in a in Nashville that's not considered a big voiceover hub, but you still get these opportunities to audition and stay busy. So even though the world is shut down, you and I both have been auditioning. Like you said, you've got video games and animation credits under your belt. Like that's awesome, especially to say in this crazy time of the world we're in. Oh yeah. Um, I was uh the I think it was the first live directed session I did was uh, with a, a game called uh, Summer Days at Hero U. It's going to be coming out when it's done. Now they're, they're trucking along with it. But uh, I was being directed by Dave Gilbert. And nice. Dave Gilbert has been in the adventure game scene for a decade plus. He's uh, Wajidai Games, uh, if, if you're familiar. Mm -hmm. And he was telling me that prior to the pandemic and prior to everything going on, he would either A, seek out talent in New York, which is where he's based, or B, reach out to talent that he know has a bit of a reputation behind them. You know, yeah. your uh, your Stephen Kellys, your Edwin Tiongs. By the way, both of them are just immensely talented. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Individual, like, ugh, more talent in their pinky finger than I have in my whole body. But, you know, I was doing this session with him, and he was like, it's been incredible because I'm doing all of this directing. I don't have to leave my house. I can still keep an eye on my kid. I'm meeting all of these incredibly talented people from all over the country. And even when this is over, I don't know if I'm going to step away from this model. This is working out for me and everybody just in a better way all around. I'm not going to lie. I heard the same thing from Charlie Adler when I did some workshops with him. He said, this is one of the best things to ever happen. I get to work <laughs> in my house. I don't have to get dressed up. I've got my dogs here. I'm good to go. 
Like, that's that's the dream. You don't have to fight L.A. traffic or anything like that. How can you get any better than that? Yeah. And then after we had our session, he uh, he directed another individual and then tweeted out that his daughter mooned the camera during this session. So maybe <laughs> there are some, some drawbacks, yeah. but uh, <laughs> I think the good outweighs the bad. Absolutely. Now... One thing that uh, that was kind of a learning process for me during all this was, of course, finding the right equipment and then getting uh, a booth built that was where it needed to be sound treatment wise. What was it like for you during that process or did you have a room that you converted? How did you do all that and make sure like you didn't get overwhelmed in that process, too? That is a very good question. And it was a lot of working with the budget that I had Mm -hmm. and incrementally uh, making it better as time went on. My very, 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 very first thing technically was many years ago doing just this, this little thing uh, where me and some buddies would record some voices and then uh, put them in our characters for a game. And then we'd, we'd play that game and it was fun. My first thing was a rock band mic and a shoe. Oh, and wow. I, I jerry rig pop filter out of a clothes hanger and old pantyhose. Wow. That was, <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. some ingenuity. Man, I, mad respect. Yeah. It gave the results of what you think a shoe mic with pantyhose pop filter would. But, you know, it got the job done. Right, but right. When, when, I, when I started doing this, though, I looked up. I was like, okay, what is the, the best starting thing? And I think that's what everyone should do. If you're if you're going to start getting into, into voiceover, whether you want to do it professionally or as a hobby or whatever, start at the bottom, work at the top. And that includes your equipment. I got a very baseline interface. I think it was a Steinberg UR12. It got mm-hmm. the job done. It was right. an interface. But the next step was I got an Audio Technica AT2020, which I'm actually talking to you on right now. It's become my my chatting mic. I call it Old Faithful. You're going to use it forever for, <laughs> for every little thing. But more importantly, though, obviously, what you're getting at is your recording space, which is the most important thing. I had two stand-up like foam things with an old like vocal shield that weighed a billion pounds that wow. would not would knock over my mic stand if the wind Ooh. blew the wrong way. Oh yeah. man. Yep. And I no pop filter yet. So the amount of takes that I would do for something so that I wouldn't get the, the dreaded noise. Yep. I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> Been there, done that. So I can only imagine. I can yeah, only but, imagine. Yeah, but it was a lot of uh, finding what worked, finding a lot of cheating. What I would recommend if you're going to test your space, no matter how, if you're still getting into it, if do some elevator yells. And what elevator yells are is just start kind of uh, at your normal speaking voice and just increase in volume and test it for echo. That's what I did. And boy, that roommate, I still owe them for how loud I... Uh... <laughs> in a situation like that, too... Was your roommate on board with everything you were doing? Because I know like, I've heard horror stories about <laughs> loud roommates, loud neighbors, or you know, somebody shows up to mow the lawn outside when you're about to hit record. What was Ooh. that relationship like? Were, were they understanding of everything, or was it like they had to put their life on pause when you got auditions that came in? We worked around each other. Gotcha. Um, I, I, I make super sure that whatever I'm doing does not intrude on their happiness. They they give me the same in return, especially at the time when I was first starting out, the, the roommate in question had a an overnight job. So they were sleeping all oh. through the day. Oh, yeah. 
So I made sure that if I was going to do anything, anything at all, the latest I could do it was like maybe 6.30 p.m., which was around the time that they would start doing it. And there are some people who do auditions all day or Mm -hmm. on their days off or whatever that just physically cringed at the idea of only starting your audition process around dinner time because I'd be done around one or two in the morning. Right, <laughs> right. Whatever I'd be done or audition process or recording process or whatever. And if I ever had a session, like a, a live directing session, I would make sure far in advance that my you know roommate would know, hey, I got to do this. I'm so sorry. And they're like, you're getting money. It's fine. I'll hate it for a little while. I'll be happy when you pay rent. So it's, it's okay. Yeah. So they're cool. They're cool. Priorities, they're cool. priorities. In a situation like this, too, you were saying earlier that you pretty much kind of have your voiceover work and your, uh, we'll call it your nine to five on par where the money is almost even with each other. Do you find it stressful to balance a life like that where you've got to obviously go and make money here to pay the bills and keep insurance or whatever it may be, but then you've got this over here that has a timeline and a deadline for everything? Is it hard to do a balancing act with that, or is the job kind of understanding of what you do on outside of work there? That's a good question. The job is as understanding as it can be. And I think we both reached a mutual realm of fairness. Anyone working in a restaurant during pandemic times understands that things are pretty harrowing right now as far as things are going. We, We kind of reached an understanding that no matter what, I can't stay late. I cannot stay late. And right. I hate that, but it's a bitter pill to swallow. But at the same time, it's a bitter pill to swallow for me that I can, that I'm still working almost, you know, as much as I can over there. Yeah. No, I, I get that. I get yep. that. It's part of those adult responsibilities. Yep. There is a lot of stress behind it too. Like I'll, I'll have a directing session at say five 30 in the evening and I'll uh-huh. get off at, and I'll get off at five. Yeah. And they'll be like, can you stay maybe two minutes later? And I'm like, I literally can't. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't be here now. There was, um, I think the mo- the worst little bit of a story time here, the most confrontational interaction that I had was with this, this older gal, her boss of mine, mm-hmm. sweet person, you know, really gets her job done, uh, like butt kicker. She, for the life of her, just didn't understand what I was doing at home. And thought that maybe I was using it as an excuse to maybe slack off or not work as hard or go home. Yeah. I want I was about to say home early, but on time. And she, I could kind of feel some mental eye rolls from that. And there was one day when she got promoted and she completely ignored my availability when she wrote up the schedule. And I try to be a nice and understanding person, but mm-hmm. when you don't show me understanding back. I'm like, okay, so this is this is the game we're playing. You got it. And I told her, I was like, you can write whatever you want down on that piece of paper. I'm not physically going to be here. And she looked at me like I told her that I just ran over her dog. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Yeah, because I don't think she's used to being talked to like that. Yeah. And she was getting a little snarky with me. And she was like, all right, and about some people who do this in a professional environment where money exchanges hands, I understand where I'm going here. They're like, okay, she was going, okay, then what, what would you say that I'd need to pay you in order to you know, break even and keep you here? And I'm like, I'm going to be honest with you. You can't afford it. <laughs> oh, dang. Yeah. <laughs> and what was her response to that? She, she eked a number out of me and she was like, you're joking. 
And I was like, I got to get paid this much per hour because work is rare. But yes, yeah, like this is what I'm doing. I'm doing this. And there, and more than that, though, more than the money, way more than the money. I got someone who is on in another state away relying on me. Telling, yeah. I told I told that person that I would be somewhere at this time ready to do this job for this long. And they are going to give me compensation for doing that task for them. How would you feel if you did, if uh, that just happened to you? And I was like, well, I can't come to work. I, I've got this other thing going on. How would you feel about that? And I thought the light, and to be fair, she is a bit of an older person. She's right, right, right. Different time. She understood that. And as the la- that is the worst it got. But I think when it comes down to the wire, be understanding with your day job because I understand juggling your day job absolutely is rough. Don't be a dick. I was I only pulled the trigger on that because she went over the line herself. Yeah, she she's since apologized to me about it. We're okay, but also understand and maybe if it's going to become a job, if you want it to be a job, you have to treat it like a job. Exactly. Very very true. And which that's that's one thing I am able to say, like, I'm very grateful that my job has been very understanding of that, especially with enough notice and everything, too, is, you know, as it becomes available. But in a situation like that, too, like, obviously, it's the real world. We're all adults. Sometimes some days are harder than others. I can only imagine I'm in a service industry myself, but I can only imagine that it's tenfold in the restaurant industry. What's it like for you and how do you combat it where you may have a super stressful day or it just nothing's going right in that job, but then you've also got to dedicate time to auditions or, you know, a book session that you've got. How do you leave all that at the door to come into there or do you bring that into the session and use that as your method of just getting it out of your system? I got to cheat a little bit with this because I have a lot of on-stage theater experience. And when you do that, you've heard the phrase, the show must go on. Curtain opens at seven is the whole idea. Buck up. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It's easier said than done, obviously. And you got to train yourself to do it. But you do get a bit of a courtesy with VO where if you're coming home, especially with just auditioning, if you need to take a half an hour, get some tea, eat something, chill maybe talk with some friends decompress do whatever you gotta do but at the end of the day you're gonna be laying in bed that night wishing that you just got over it and just auditioned while there was still daylight or worse if you have a a session you know with somebody who is paying you for your time and your your effort Mm -hmm. boy yeah don't bring that in the booth with you (laughs) yeah Guarantee you, however stressful your day was, if they are currently just past the casting process and they're now directing people for a thing that is going to go live, that they're going to be charging money for, they're have everyone stressed out too. So you really have to train yourself to get into a mindset and it's sort of a thick skin thing, but really just kind of buck up and go take a breath and go, I'm going to do whatever I can to push through this, but I've got, I've got this, uh, these demons on my back. They're just going to have to come with me. Absolutely. I'll I'll pick them up when I'm done. (laughs) I love, I love that answer. The pandemic has been hard on a lot of people. Real life gets hard from time to time. And a lot of people don't like to open up about that. But would you say that the same thing kind of applies to, you know, fighting burnout before something like an audition or a book session comes up? Or do you have your own like method that you go through to help keep yourself sane during all that? 
And this answer is a little more difficult, I think. You kind of have to take it by a case-by-case basis. Right, um, I understand that. I mean, always be auditioning, first of all. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know keep yourself going. Keep it, keep the practice going. But at the same time, if you're if you, like, listen back to some of the stuff you're sending out, and you are critiquing your own work. <laughs> oh boy, been there, done that. Yeah, just be like, you know what? I okay, obviously I'm tired. Yeah, <laughs> I need I need to take a second because I might as well not be even doing this if I'm just going to be sending out something that I'm not happy with. Yep. And because if you're not happy with it, there's a pretty good chance that the person who's listening back to it isn't happy with it either. Sorry, I mean to cut you off. I was going to say that that goes back to something that. I was told in live performance, again, whether it was wrestling, improv, any form of acting whatsoever, if you're having fun or you're enjoying what you're doing, it's going to come through whether they can see you or not. They're going to hear it in your voice. They're going to hear it. They're going to see it in your body language, the inflections, your mannerisms. Same thing if you're not. So, you know, again, too, like that, that makes a lot of sense right there. The rule of thumb, and this is, um, I don't know if... You're going to have any casting directors who hear this, but the rule of thumb, there are two things to go by. One, the casting director can hear if you really, 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 really want a part. And two, the casting director can hear when it's just another day in the office for you. (laughs) Very true. Very true. If you're phoning it in, they'll be like, all right, if you're not going to, I'm not going to waste your time if you don't waste mine. So bye-bye. Makes sense. I get that too. And then in a situation like that where you really, really, really want the part and, you know, the casting director may hear that, but you're also, you know, you may not be the right person for that part and you don't get the communication back. Sometimes you're lucky to get it, you know, like, hey, we enjoyed your audition, but you, we decided to go a different direction or whatever it may be. Are you able to shut that switch off as soon as you get an audition sent or do you kind of go back and critique it after the fact or you just submit and forget the the send and forget mentality you hear it from uh june yoon you hear it oh from, yeah uh michael Schwalbe. you hear it from a lot of people boy you gotta train yourself to do it and it's, it's not an easy <laughs> thing to do at first because i know oh, when yeah. i first got in you know it's like or even with wrestling going back and watching old footage it's like okay, I can't go back and change anything now, so why do I keep subjecting myself to this? Like, it's the hardest thing to learn, but when you do, like, obviously you still want to put it out in the world, like, man, I'd love to book this part, but, Mm -hmm. you know, again, it's just you're going to drive yourself crazy and you're going to push yourself into burnout or whatever it may be if you can't submit it and forget it because that's just going to ruin the whole experience for you. What I think is good though and this is a this is a point of uh, applying self-criticism mm-hmm. remaining a student always seeing that yes. if you, if you, a failure now means an improvement later absolutely um, let's say that you don't get cast for the project and let's even say that you were kind of wishy-washy on your audition you're like eh, it was okay i guess but i don't really know how it could have improved blah blah this and that come some weeks later casting announcement comes you don't get the part it's fine it happens it's you know it's more likely to happen than not happen it's not getting a part but the person in question puts up the casting announcement and it's an audio clip of the person who did get the part what i would recommend you do is just maybe try to approach that from an academic standpoint listen to their inflections absolutely see how they played with the words how like why does this sound so natural oh they played with this word i see i kind of like pull back on that a little bit Mm. it's kind of a machine that you get to play with here and uh to make you sound a little more human i had a little bit of a similar experience i auditioned for a game and the wonderfully talented immensely immensely wonderful individual tom shock 
Shock. I think he said it pronounced it like it's rhymes with shock. Tom Shulk got the part. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to his his thing on that. And I was listening back to it and studying because, you know, if I'm, if I'm allowed to copy off someone's homework, why won't I? Exactly. And I was like, oh, crap. Okay. Yes. Yeah, of course. That's the thing. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you also can't beat yourself up because you could do the best that you could do. You can listen back to our audition. Yep. Like, it's perfect. Great. Send it in. Send it repeat. And it could just not be what they're looking for. Exactly. Might, might just be looking for a different character. So if you send out your audition and you're happy with it, that's really what your goal should be. Yes. And then again, like you said, it also goes back to whether or not the casting director may listen to it and say, well, I could tell that they're enjoying what they're doing or I can tell they're phoning it in because it's another day at the office. And, you know, yeah, you may not get that part, but you're still enjoying what you're doing. Or they may even chalk you away for another role that comes up down the road and another door is open right there. There's so many different things that if you can just get into that submit it and forget it mindset, if you can be willing to go back and like you said, listen to the ones that did get these parts and be a student of the game and listen to all that, it's only going to make you better. Because it's going to make the light bulb go off. Like I've heard commercials that I read for that I didn't get, but I hear the person that did it. And I said, yeah, their voice makes a lot more sense for this than me. It it makes sense. And you hear where they did things different than you or whatever it may be. But again, just because you didn't get picked doesn't mean you're bad at what you do. It just means you weren't their flavor that day. It's all about finding your own voice, what niche you fit into. Um, if you have a if you have a more broad range, that's good. But also learn to use that range. Yes, and always be a student, always improve. Understand that failure is the first step to success. Once something clicks, you kind of feel yourself level up in a way. You're like, oh, absolutely. Okay. Oh, that makes sense. I did this new thing that felt good, and I got I just got cast for that. I'm gonna keep doing that thing. <laughs> Absolutely. And then that that kind of leads me to another question, too. I've heard this, and I haven't exactly experienced it yet, but obviously there are peaks and valleys with voiceover and audition, same with any form of acting, basically. But have you noticed at any point when you start booking, it's like the floodgate opens and more things come in, or is it just kind of, again, just kind of like darts in the dark, so to speak? Word definitely gets around. If people hear, it's like any uh, any job, if mm-hmm. people hear that you're hireable, they're going to maybe want to hire you. I've thrown out auditions before to people, and I guess one thing led to another with certain people. I would just check my email to uh, see, you know, check on casting things, and I would get an email from somebody I had never seen or heard of. Absolutely. Before, and they're like, I got this thing, and I heard from a friend of a friend that you're, like, not bad. Apparently, I'm going to send you some copy. Do you want to read for it? And we can just see where it goes. Yeah, absolutely. So when you're auditioning, you're, you're doing more than just trying out for the part. You're also trying out for that person. You're also trying out for that person's friends, their colleagues, yeah. other people, this, that, the other thing. It's uh, it's dropping a pebble in the water. That pebble creates little ripples. The ripples become waves, waves I become love it. tidal waves and very, very true. Too like I, I've seen some horror stories on on Twitter and social media, but I can definitely attest that word gets around on things. But have you noticed like with the influx of people that it seems like are doing voiceover now, especially after the pandemic started, that people that maybe don't have the best home setup or that may just be doing it as a hobby, have you noticed any differences? 
in casting or auditions where you may be up against somebody that doesn't have a setup like yours or may not be as seasoned? I'm trying to think of the best way to say it without equating it to wrestling where it's like a professional next to somebody that doesn't have real gear, so to speak. Have you had any experiences like that? And how do you like just navigate the water with, I don't want to say it being saturated, but with being so so many untrained people that don't have coaching, no experience, and think it's just doing like impressions. Have you had to encounter any of that? I know that was a long Uh, way around the question, but... Oh, no, no, no. I, I know. I understand exactly what you're talking about. And I've never had the extremely stressful experience of being a casting director before. I'm sure that like might be in my future, depending on what happens here or there. But I don't doubt that if I audition for something that has 500 people doing different things and this or that, yeah. you are going to get varying degrees in quality, in experience, in fit. I think fit is a big thing. But the thing is, if you send it, if you let's say you're auditioning for something you see on Twitter, for example, yeah, that's mostly invisible to you. You you send it out. You're like, okay, did my best. Hope you know. We'll see where things go. Yep. On the flip side of things, you get an environment like casting call club, where it is a public audition space and it is as public as it could be. Oh yeah. Yeah, to the point where you can, before you do anything, scroll down and listen to the other people who are auditioning for things. And granted, you know, Casting Call Club is more of a space to, to practice, and that is yes. perfect. But you also get your your occasional um, paid projects, your, your, your professional, semi-professional projects there. Mm-hmm. And you go and you listen to some of these people that are really they're they're trying their best and sometimes it's kind of heartbreaking when you know on the one hand you hear somebody who is probably the best actor in the room that fits the part perfectly in your opinion and they are so tinny and their sound is treated and (laughs) and like oh no and on the flip side of things you just see some people that are yeah i I don't want to say that they're not cut out for it because i think that'd be egregious to say but on the flip side you can tell maybe maybe their first or second audition yeah you're going to get all types and you, you see that when it comes to auditioning for stage stuff. And I'm sure you especially see it when you audition for on screen stuff for people who just for one reason or another are new, have varying degrees of experience. And I, but I encourage those people. I encourage anybody out there just getting their feet wet and going for it. If they, they don't feel like oh, I'm not that good enough or anything like that. If you've got a good setup, like if you listen back to your audio and you are projecting, you're not uh, making too much echo or anything, go for it. Why not? Absolutely. Who, who, who's to tell you that you can't? I'd rather hear the word no than live with regret. Exactly. Like, yeah, don't don't think what if. Just be like, ah, screw it. I'll, I'll, I'll go for it. And then you get to say that uh, I'm just going to pick a name out of a hat here. I, I auditioned for something that uh, Michael Swalby got. And wow, I, yeah. I was I was button heads with that guy. That guy is full time. He does this for a living. He's been doing it for a decade. And I was doing the same. Look at me go. All right. And then when you, once you kind of taste blood, so to speak, that's it. You just give him, okay, now how can I catch up to him? How do I compete with him? How do I do this? I've been there, done that. And I can say, too, I've auditioned for parts that Michael Schwalbe has gotten. So, yeah, and yeah, he I, books one or two things sometimes, you know, every oh, now and then. Oh, just, just a couple <laughs> things. <laughs> but something you said in there makes me want to circle back again to our good friend Mercedes. She has become such an outstanding mentor in the VO field, whether it's helping people find their way or 
helping them with various things along those lines. A lot of what you said gives me that teacher that I'm trying to think of a better way to say it without making it sound so simple. But man, like I get the teacher, like come sit under my learning tree vibe from you. Have you thought about like getting into a mentorship with other VAs like she has? Or have you thought about other ways you could give back to the voiceover community? Oh, I'd love to do that. It's it's done so much for me over the last just over a year now. I'd, I'd love to be able to put myself in, in the chair where I can sort of guide people. Uh, maybe not, you know, down a technical road, but from a perspective where really it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. Exa- yes, it. yes. Um, but also, you know, technical ways too, because uh, I've got some audio engineering stuff under my belt. I know how to treat a room. I know that treating a room is more important than having a Neumann TLM. I'd love to do something like that. But at the same time, I don't feel like I am personally ready for that sort of thing. I think if you are to step into a teacher role, you need a pedigree first. And yes. I, me personally, by my own standards, other people are free to agree or disagree. I don't feel as though I have been doing this for a long enough time. I don't feel as though I've been doing, uh, I have enough roles under my belt just yet. And I don't want to get out wrong advice yet. I could uh, I could say, yeah, I'm ready to do this and go do it. Maybe some people come and I'll say something. And then the next very next day, I'm like, that was the most wrong thing anyone has ever said in anyone's life. And I just said that to somebody as if it were truth. So Mercedes is great for that. And I believe I would be too. And spoiler warning, Greg Arnold, who you're going to have on your show, also is going to be great for that. He is yes. just a shining beacon of positivity. But I think that that's going to be down the road when I think a few years, maybe a few roles, maybe, you know, that sort of thing. Right now, I want to focus on helping creatives get their project off the ground in any way that I can. Absolutely, man. I love that answer right there, too. But I know we're coming up on an hour here, too. So I don't want to keep you for too much of your time, but I've loved every minute of this conversation to this point. Thank you, man. I am I love hearing that, too. And I, I'm eternally grateful again for your time. Are there any projects that you have coming up that you want to talk about or anything that you want to leave our audience with before we uh, before we call it a night here and call it a year, I guess, as well? <laughs> I'm going to be a dirty shill. Absolutely. <laughs> Please uh, do. That's what it's for. <laughs> so there's, uh, we brought up Mercedes before. We brought up Greg Arnold before. The triple and, threat. Uh, yes, briefly, sir. We, yeah. Briefly, we brought up Blackwind. Blackwind is a game that both Mercedes uh, and Greg are in with myself. And it was just something that we got plucked out of a, a hat for. We auditioned for the thing and uh, we met these. Drakkar Dev is, is their name and they're based in Italy and they are wonderful people manlio uh is a fantastic human being and they're this this indie dev that's just really just getting their feet wet and re- they've got a couple games under their belt and i feel like black wind is probably their biggest project yet they just got signed on by, by i think blowfish is going to be uh they're there they send out and publish some uh indie games every now and then nice. or, or something along those lines yeah Track our dev deserves so much support. They're really so great. And Blackwind, if you like robots destroying things, it's a great time. <laughs> if, if you want to hear me voice almost every single male character in the game, feel free to play it. <laughs> if you want to hear Mercedes tell you that the door is locked 5,000 times, please feel free to <laughs> go play that game. Oof, um, man. 
have to charge her royalties for how many times she's come up tonight. But that is <laughs> that is awesome. I, I love to hear that the momentum for them is rolling in the right direction as well. So that is amazing. When is this game projected to drop for you guys? Black Wind has a slated release date of January 20th, 2022. It's going to be coming out on everything. It's going to be coming out on uh, the Switch, Steam, all the Xboxes, all the Playstations. It's a fun little top-down isometric robot shooter. And if if you like blowing stuff up, yeah, that's your game. Nice. And guys, that means it's coming out in about three weeks. So it's never too late for a late Christmas present or an early Valentine's gift, you know? That's correct. So I'll make sure we have some Amazon links or whatever we can get our hands on to have that linked in the show notes as well. You know, Sky, is there anything else that you wanna that you wanna plug? We'll have your social medias in the notes too, but anything else you wanna get out there before we call it a night? I think I have said all of the things that I meant to say and even some stuff that I didn't mean to say. So I think I'm good to go there. <laughs> I'll take that. And man, I've I've enjoyed every minute of this conversation because again, it's like I found a kindred spirit here. Even though we've same, never same. met in person, it, it's amazing what technology and the acting community can do for you because I, I hate to keep going back to the wrestling, but that's been such a big part of my life where It's promoted as a family half the time, but it's not always treated like one. But the voiceover community, I haven't met half the people I've connected with in person, but I feel like I've known them for years. I feel like they're some of my best friends. And again, this conversation here tonight, I feel like shows that again, just how connected and how much of a family this community really is. So thank you again for being so generous with your time here and Putting a lot of things in perspective for me, too. Like, I can't think of a better way to wrap up this year and then, you know, having so much stuff with the light bulb going off there. No, thank you for having me. It's It's been a blast. You're a wonderful host. And, thank you. Uh, I, I'd love to chat with you in the future. Oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Oh, yeah. And who knows, maybe we can get you, Mercedes, and Greg on as a, as a trio and get a nice little uh, Four Corners conversation going on there. I would love to watch you round up that uh, herd of wet cats and see how that goes. I'm currently, I don't know, by the time we make that happen, I may have a good wrangling record under my belt. So we'll we'll see what we can make happen. You're a wrestler. I mean, I guess if there's anybody qualified to do it, it's you. Try wrangling some of those guys up for some round tables. That'll get you some good warm-up experience. But (laughs) yeah, man, we will definitely make that happen. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to get in touch with her right now. And I'll, I'll drop the word to Greg, too, and see what we can't make happen. Excellent. That sounds like a great idea. Yes, sir. Well, Sky, man, I appreciate you again being so generous with your time and just all the stories you've told and everything tonight. I can't think of a better guest or a better friend to have had on to round out 2021. Guys, girls, everybody that listens, I want to thank all of you again for continuing this, showing your support. We started this in August. I honestly just didn't know where this was going to go, but this has become something that I look forward to doing. I look forward to chatting with everybody and recording these conversations for you to hear. We've got so much coming up in the new year here. I mean, I've got guests lined up that are going to take me through February at this point, so I'm going to keep cranking out the entertainment for you guys. I'm going to keep bringing you awesome guests, and some of these guests that I've had are going to come back and interview me on some things, so get ready to look out for that too. And like you just heard here, I'm going to get my wrangling boots on, and we're going to get some four-corner stuff going on, so Mercedes, 
Get ready to come back on. Greg, you're coming up, but get ready for a part two on that as well. And Sky's going to come back on for another one-on-one along with that. So you can see there are big things happening for the I Know You Hear Me podcast. And I'm excited for all of you to be along for that ride. So again, please make sure you're subscribed on Facebook. You like us on Instagram and Twitter. You're leaving us those five-star reviews on iTunes. You're showing support and liking us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from. And Sky, again, thank you for being here tonight. I really appreciate it. And everybody, for myself, for Sky, I want to wish you all a happy, safe new year and hope you have a great new year going into 2022. The sky's the limit and I know you hear me. Howdy folks, this is Willard Wingnut and I'm sure we've all heard the same expression. A woman works from sun till sun, but a voiceover works from noon till one. And I thought, hey, I want to be one of them. So I decided to get some lessons in voice acting. And of course, what I did was looked up the best voiceover coach I could possibly find, which was Alicia Bowman. So basically, this is what I sounded like six months ago. But today, I sound like this. I begin every sentence with, in a world. In a world where there were a million mediocre voiceover coaches where they were like lukewarm roller dogs at 7-Eleven. There was one that stood out head and shoulders above the rest, the one and only Elise Bowman. And she can coach you too. Go to EliseCoaches.com. That's E-L-I-S-E Coaches.com. And you can become a voiceover too. Now back to my regular voice. That's right. She's like magic, so check her out. And if you have half as much fun as she does, well, she'll have twice as much fun as you.